0: This is Nellius in Verba, a podcast about science.
1: What it is and what it could be.
0: It's co-hosted by me, Smriti Mehta from UC Berkeley.
1: And me, Daniel Lakins from Eindhoven University of Technology.
0: In today's episode, we will discuss why consensus is important in science, and why reaching consensus among psychological scientists can feel like an insurmountable task. Why does our field have disagreements that remain unsolved for decades? At which level of the discipline should we be trying to reach consensus? And how could we organize science to reach consensus more efficiently, wherever possible? Enjoy.
1: So today we have a quote from 1936, I think. And, um, you know, we're getting younger with our quotes. (laughs) I think that's something to keep in mind. And also uh, I already sent you a version of this in German, which I tried, but we're gonna do a translation, which is even much later. Like Mm -hmm. this is 1950s or something, but it's a translation. This is a part of a text by Popper. Um, I'll, I'll start. So it says, It is fairly easy to see that we arrive in this way at a procedure according to which we stop only at a kind of statement that is especially easy to test, for it means that we're stopping at statements about whose acceptance or rejection the various investigators are likely to reach agreement. Mm. And if they do not agree, they will simply continue with the tests or else start them all over again. If this too leads to no result, then we might say that the statements in question were not intersubjectively testable, or that we were not, after all, dealing with observable events. If someday it should no longer be possible for scientific observers to reach agreement about basic statements, this would amount to a failure of language as a means of universal communication. It would amount to a new babel of tongues. Scientific discovery would be reduced to absurdity. In this new Babel, the soaring edifice of science would soon lie in ruins.
0: Wow. Very pessimistic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so in this quote, it's very clear that Popper considers reaching agreement Mm -hmm. or consensus, which is the topic of today, as a really crucial component of the scientific method. Because if we fail to reach agreement or consensus about things, then science would soon lie in ruins. Yeah. Now as as a young researcher can I ask you what's your feeling about how much consensus we have in our
0: field In our field in psychology mm-hmm. Oh my gosh um I'm I I mean I would say and of course I was not part I was not technically part of the field during the when the replication crisis sta- started um but I I do think that after the replication crisis it's you know I think I actually don't think there's consensus on anything anymore, is my feeling. <laughs> Before that, I think maybe there were some things that we considered sort of canon, and everybody sort of agreed that, yeah, we there's things that we could sort of, you know, some foundations mm-hmm. we could stand on. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, after starting as a graduate student, I'm like, oh, wow, n- nobody believes in anything anymore. Um, so, so
1: do you think we we have agreement that, that there's we don't agree everything. on anything? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Meta level. Yep. Meta pretty, level. Pretty much, yeah. We'll take it. We'll yeah. take it where we can get it,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? Like what? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the field is really big. There's definitely a lot of points where there's a lot of discussion. I think, you know, we, we reach agreement on the Stroop effect still, you know, Mm -hmm. that I cling, Mm -hmm. I cling to the Stroop effect where I (laughs) said, well, at least we have that, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And we have a bunch of more stuff, you know, there are more findings that we agree on. So, so it's very field or research topic specific. But there are very notable cases where people have not reached consensus at all. They have tried for decades. And there I do uh, agree with Popper's maybe pessimistic outlook that this is a problem. This is just a real problem.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think definitely social psychology, which is, you know, my discipline and your discipline originally, mm-hmm. I think their things are just much, much worse. And I think it's all, it was already hit by the replication crisis much worse. But yeah, I think you're right. Maybe in some parts of developmental psychology, you know, cognitive psychology, there mm-hmm. might be more consensus on certain things. And people who are studying, I think, more sort of fundamental cognitive processes, they're probably more mm-hmm. agreement, right? If you're a memory researcher, um, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of things that they agree on. In, in ways. I do that feel the
1: need. Yeah, I do feel the need to support my, my home team a little bit, even though you know, I'm not <laughs> that active in it. But let's take, for example, something like social identity theory. That's a really social psychology theory, right? right? About in groups and out groups and how right. they form and what kind of effects they have. I think that's pretty solid. And I have the feeling also that the social identity theory people kind of agree with each other that social identity theory is a pretty good theory
0: would you say that everybody in social psychology would agree with that? Mm, I,
1: I don't know because, well. Well, that's, that's, what it consen-
0: that's what it means to have consensus, right? We all agree.
1: Yeah, but I think maybe that's something to discuss. I think we don't really check. We don't even discuss like, hey, are we in agreement? Who is disagreeing? Mm. What are you disagreeing about? So the reason that I'm not completely sure is just that I feel we don't Talk have consensus. Meetings where you figure <laughs> out, like, are we all in agreement or not? Um, but I would bet a large proportion of people probably think it's fine. So there are some, some corners, some things where, where it's true. But I guess the disagreements are just so very visible. You right. know, they draw attention, of course.
0: They do. But how would you, if I were to broaden the conversation to all scientific disciplines, to science in general, how much hmm. consensus, and maybe leave psychology out because I think and maybe we'll discuss it at a future point. Mm-hmm. Like psychology might just be categorically different than other scientific disciplines, and maybe all social sciences. We can say, but if you we were talk mm-hmm. about, if you we were to talk about natural sciences, um, mm-hmm. would you? How? What would be your assessment of like how much consensus exists in those disciplines that aren't afflicted yeah. by sort of, sort of some of the same issues we are?
1: Yeah. So I think there is definitely, I feel, um, more agreement in the natural sciences, like the periodic table. I don't really see people mm. bickering about, you know, <laughs> I, I think they just agree, like this is this is in there. It's yeah. good. Um but also I have the feeling that other fields like biology, for example, um, those fields seem to really collectively go for the same thing, even. I have the feeling there's a real race for priority mm. in this field and, and, and maybe more fear of getting scooped than in other fields because they Basically, all agree on what where the next thing is going to be, more or less. Many more labs are working on the same thing, and that's not even true in you know some other fields. So, Mm. yeah, I have the feeling that really it's probably a little bit better in a lot of other fields in terms of consensus. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you bring up this really great distinction between sort of consensus about what might be true versus consensus about what are the topics that we should be. Mm you know, mm-hmm. working on together. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a really important distinction that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But before that, I want to read you a quote, which I, which actually is related to the quote by Popper, which is something that I hadn't considered before sort of digging into some of this work. But it, there's a really um, interesting paper called um, Consensus in Science by a British sociologist of science, um, Michael Mulcahy. Um, Mm -hmm. And he says, it is clear that there is a connection between the idea of consensus and that of knowledge. Only propositions which command more or less universal assent on the part of the competent judges can be said to be true knowledge. Although, of Mm -hmm. course, not all agreed propositions are necessarily valid. As soon as intellectual disagreements appear, we seem to be dealing not with demonstrated knowledge, but merely with knowledge claims. And it was such an interesting Mm. point of the connection between consensus and knowledge that I hadn't really thought of before, where it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. in order for something to be considered knowledge, we kind of have to agree, right? We kind of all have to agree that the speed of light is 300,000 kilometers per second. And in the moment, there's a neutrino that's faster than light, right? That's going to be Mm -hmm. thrown into question, and it's no longer a true fact. Yeah. And I think that's super important. So it's like the, the consensus that you need in order to establish something as knowledge. But then there's the other part that you brought up is like, yeah, what are the yeah. or do we or is there consensus on? Yeah. What should we be studying um, mm-hmm, Within mm-hmm. our disciplines? And I think that's that, that's a very important thing to talk about that we just don't discuss enough. Yeah. It's only with you that I've had. Like you're the one who brought it to my mm-hmm. attention for the first time. And I was like, yeah, why don't we talk about this? Um mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. About the knowledge claims, it makes me think of um, the way that Paul Mayo uh, operationalizes the truth. Mm. So uh, he says, yeah, you know, like psychologists and a lot of people like scientists are a bit scared of using the word truth. Yeah. So, so, you know what we will do? We'll say, um nobody has changed their mind about it for a period of 50 years <sighs> yeah. and you know and if you think 50 years is not long enough you can extend it that's sort of what he says and he describes a process where in the beginning there are discussions and meetings so how do we know that this time has passed that we are you know that it is knowledge and he says well in the beginning you'll see conferences organize discussion meetings about it and for or against and you know people attend them and there are a lot of them and then those stop because you know people just build on it for a while and then you know maybe find some things about it and sort of fix it a little bit up and whatever and then after a while it's sort of established and and even later yeah we just write about it in textbooks and that's it so it's a very nice pragmatic idea of consensus. We mm. stop debating it. We all
0: agree, kind of agree, I guess. We just yeah. take it as you know axiomatic and then move forward from there. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah,
1: But there, the process is extremely um, uncoordinated. Like yeah. it's not that we get together um, because there are also scientific institutions that do this. So um, a good example of this, for example, is the International Panel for Climate Change, which Mm. is very well known for having an extensive consensus procedure. Mm. Um, Their goal is to reach a sort of consensus statement on the uh, current evidence. And, And they have all sorts of procedures and layers and committees and stuff. And it goes up and down. And then after a huge elaborate process, yeah, they publish these reports Mm. that, you know, then make the news. And those are also consensus uh, based.
0: And can I ask who's involved in these consensus meetings? Is it only scientists or do they also involve other stakeholders like public officials or? um... Yeah,
1: Um, I'm not an expert on them. I did read a little bit about it also to prepare. So I know that there are there is a system. You know, mm-hmm. there are procedures, but I'm not completely sure who's there. I think it's a very scientific mm. process. So I, th- I would guess mostly scientists because it's communicated to the politicians, I guess, or in the general public. I guess mainly scientists who discuss this. I'm not 100% sure.
0: Yeah but I liked you made this point about, yeah, we should try to do this where we get all the scientists together and nobody leaves the room until the white smoke, you know, <laughs> is released, yeah, yeah. Which, which, yeah. Like, I mean, that is one extreme case of, you know, trying to reach consensus. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, so sometimes this is, I mean, I would like to do this, you know, like uh, <laughs> this, so this is how they elect the Pope, apparently, you know, yeah, like they yeah. elect the Pope and then they uh, yeah. are locked up in a room until they agree on who it's going to be. Right. And, uh, but there are a couple of these things topics, I think a very well known one in the field of psychology is the research on, uh, for example, video games and aggression. Mm. Uh, So this is a long standing debate about whether video games or media or like
0: violent media in general. Yeah,
1: exactly. And and more modern is the social media and Mm. sort of negative mental health effects of social media where you just see different sides and they don't seem to get much closer to each other. And um, in those cases, yes, I would really want to lock these people up in a room until they agree, which is <laughs> breaking a lot of legal and ethical kind of <laughs> things. So we are not going to do it. But I have this feeling like, come on, why can't you just sit together and figure this out, please?
0: But but here's the here's the caveat though, right? That that if if we're trying to resolve. If we're trying to resolve a scientific question, wouldn't you say that it would be difficult to do it if if everybody's locked in a room? Right. Like I think it would be mm-hmm. it would maybe make more sense if we're trying to figure out, oh, what should we be focusing on? Like what yeah. questions we should try to answer. But if we're trying to answer a question, then you would probably have to go out and collect data, right? Like I think it would be yeah. much harder to get resolved. Those questions would be much harder to get to get resolved just by I mean, unless we're philosophers, then yes. But mm. but you know, as scientists, we would actually have to go out and get our hands dirty to fi- yeah. figure figure well, out and yeah.
1: That's a that's a good point, and I am willing to let these people out after a while, <laughs> if they, you know, instead of white smoke, they give me like a good package of a couple of studies right. where they've agreed yeah. upon, like okay, or maybe even not studies yet. Maybe in many cases, it's actually first this is a method that we're gonna to use to develop a measure. Right. You know? Very yeah. often they don't even have a measure to get yeah. started, but then they agree on, okay, we have a measure and let's try it and validate it. And then they go back in the room. Yeah. And then we say, okay, and now figure out some studies that you're gonna do. And then we can let them out for a
0: while. Okay? And <laughs> yeah.
1: do collect some data, that's fine. <laughs>
0: But maybe I will counter. Maybe I will counter my own point and say that now everybody's doing these MTurk studies. So maybe they do. They can just all sit in a room together and exactly. just like just run give ten them... minutes. Yeah. <laughs> just give them a bunch of funds and everybody can sit, run their own studies.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We can. We can keep them in. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, but but this. I mean, yeah. We're joking, and it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of serious. Yeah. And. So I I mentioned this in our chats before, I I know, but um, there are these things that I've never heard of, but they're called consensus Mm, meetings. mm. So these consensus meetings, if you Google it, there are things that the NIH uh, started up, National Institute of Health. And they were getting a bit frustrated there. There was not enough progress on certain developments of treatments or there was too much disagreement and stuff like this. And they just said, OK, you know what we're going to do? I think they started the organization of them. Hmm. They said, we are going to start what we call a consensus meeting. And that means we get people together. What's the current state of evidence? Where are knowledge gaps? What are the things that we need to study? And then we identify those, and then we send you all back. Yeah. You go and collect some data on these things. And then after a while, we get back together. Did we now figure it out? And if we have figured it out, can we then reach agreement, or is there still something done? But this concept of a consensus meeting exists in fields. Yeah. I had never heard of this mm. in psychology. I mean, it's just not a concept that we seem to, <laughs> for some reason, care about. You know, we didn't even learn about it. So, yeah.
0: No. No. And I guess the one thing that I think makes, would make it, mm, because I think I, you know, you're absolutely right that this, I, like we should be trying to, f- yeah, have more of these and have more discussions about reaching consensus about what we need to study and stuff. But I think the thing that would make it much tricky is that at which level of the discipline are we trying to reach consensus, right? Like, mm. is, like it obviously cannot be the whole of psychology, mm. It maybe mm-hmm. cannot even be the whole of a sub-discipline, like social psychology. And it's like, yeah, yeah, then how do you, right, before we even get to, like, oh, we need to get people in a room together, which people? You mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. do we figure out which people are the, right, right at which level of granularity of the discipline yeah. is this an appropriate task to take on?
1: Yeah. Well, um, it probably depends on the research question, but, you know, I wouldn't guess that these are going to be huge, but there are these debates. I mean, if you think of debates in the field, like I can come up with a couple. Uh, for example, the ever since I was a PhD student, people have been debating the IAT, mm. a couple of aspects about the IAT. For example, you know, it's like you know, almost twenty years. I guess. I mean, maybe longer. I don't know. There, you would just say, "Well, those people, like everybody right. who cares about this," um, in the in the uh, video game aggression literature. I mean, mm. I just know people who basically left that field as a research topic because they were like you know this is not going anywhere so -hmm. there are people who gave up but then we would say no no come back come back we'll have a consensus meeting we're going to give it one more try you know and we probably have to put in some mediators and some you know people who uh, cl- clinical clinical help. There's gonna be some support there for people because this is clearly not easy. Yeah, a for safe them.
0: space on the side where they <laughs> oh, could, yes. with some snacks and yeah. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. And some, I don't know, we're gonna apply all the in-group manipulations that we know uh, of psychology in the first couple of days and, and see if they get closer together. <laughs> but, but some process there. And, and yeah, I think you can sort of identify some groups and you know, there are other fields uh, maybe much smaller, you know, it could literally be seven people uh, who work on something. Yeah. Um, but but this kind of level, like the relatively small, I would guess.
0: But that's a great point, I think, of doing it topic wise, because I, mm. I do think there would be some benefit of not just saying, oh, we just want social psychologists versus we just want, because then if IAT, mm. I mean, you could be an economist and be interested in the IAT or a sociologist. Yeah. And I think there would we would benefit a lot, from mm-hmm. basing it on topics and then you have multiple perspectives coming in, I think that would actually enrich yeah. the conversation to have it be an interdisciplinary thing. And now now when you look at the social sciences, I mean, you see how much overlap there is between, right? You could be a p- political mm-hmm. scientist or an economist or a sociologist and psychologist and you could be studying the same thing. Yeah. And I think there's yeah. probably benefits to that to having to looking at the topic yeah. from different perspectives. So yeah.
1: Now 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 if you think about this idea, does it sound kind of like a good idea? that people meet up every now and then and they discuss their disagreements because they sort of know that they need to resolve them. Like, does this sound like a thing that should exist in some way? Like, it's not a crazy idea, right? (laughs) You're trying to figure stuff out, you get together. I think maybe even if we would ask the general public, they would think this is probably what happens at scientific conferences or something. They might just think that's where you get together, you discuss and then, right?
0: No, Daniel, we all know that scientific conferences are where people go to party with their friends, so. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know this, we
1: know this. But, but the
0: poor public I, probably does think that that's the case.
1: Yeah, yeah. that we get together, we right. discuss our research, we reach agreement or not, and we work together. But that's not what happens indeed. No. But, but that's, I think, almost something that we should be held accountable for. Like our lack of having these kind of structures to resolve long-standing debates is something like, what what's what's wrong with us? Like, our, don't we care? Like, don't we want to resolve it? Because this is clearly the way to resolve it, you know? So I almost feel the lack of having these kind of consensus mechanisms in psychology is an indication like, well, I guess you don't really care then, right? <laughs> because otherwise you would do this. Is this too extreme?
0: Well... I don't know, but I I would like to play maybe the devil's advocate at this point, which we like doing, and I think it's kind of important <laughs> we, we, to do. We need
1: like a sound for this or something. <laughs> just say like, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. Yeah, but okay, go ahead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you could argue that maybe we don't need to reach consensus, right? Mm-hmm. It's that it's not that we all need to get together and agree on things What things are important are determined by what people decide they want to study. And as long as everybody is sort of following what they think is important um, and what they're curious about that and their own independent reasons for doing science, we will keep generating new knowledge. And, you know, things that are wrong will get corrected and things will keep improving as we go on. And so it maybe isn't all that. And I think... Bacon points this out in Novo Morganum as well, right that just because there is consensus in a field doesn't necessarily mean that things are going well. Mm-hmm. You, everybody mm-hmm. could be wrong in a discipline, right? or it could be it could True. be the case. I think there are certain cases in the history of science where you've had a consensus on certain things, not because things were right, but because those who were sort of the gatekeepers and in power sort of shut down people who may have been right, but then they didn't agree with them because it went against the sort of um, accepted consensus. And so consensus doesn't necessarily mean always a good Mm. thing, maybe.
1: Well, that's a good point. So you could definitely have certain types of consensus where we shouldn't be very happy with. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very valid point to make and that's important. And indeed like you could th- even think if we're going to have these consensus meetings, people will be forced into whatever, you know, that yep. it might not yep. foster criticism. So we want right. to keep the criticism there all the time. It, it's an interesting perspective and indeed our good old friend Bacon uh, who should make an appearance every podcast somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, he writes, uh, he quotes somebody else uh, a Phocion, which is a Greek statesman, like a pupil of uh, Plato though, I Mm -hmm. I think, Um, uh, who once apparently said, uh, I have the quote here that men should immediately examine what error or fault they have committed when the multitude concurs with and applauds them. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty (laughs) severe, like The (laughs) moment that everybody starts to agree, you've done something wrong. Yeah, you're not doing Uh, something uh, right, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe forced your opinion on them or something. So that should be prevented and I'm not completely sure how, I don't know, I mean we would have to take a good look at how these um, consensus meetings work, which very often, actually, they start, I think, with the Delphi method and stuff, and maybe even a remote round where people don't see each other and they mm, chip in. And,
0: to avoid groupthink, yeah, mm, yeah,
1: mm. So yeah. There are some procedures in there. So, and And even then, I mean, it's definitely, the goal of consensus is also not to squash any disagreement or something, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes people think you have to have unanimous agreement about something but consensus can actually be um we we agree it's either a or b Hmm. but we don't agree on whether we know between a and Uh. b we're not in agreement but we we agree it's either a or b and maybe even um that this pathway is a way to resolve and test whether it's a or b we even agree on that well that would be fine so you don't have to have unanimous agreement but consensus is really a Hmm. more process too
0: yeah yeah but I think, yeah, the the so, sort of social dimension of having people come together to reach consensus is sort of interesting to think about, right? Because it is it's mm-hmm. such a human tendency to want to, you know, it, it is sort of uncomfortable to disagree with people and mm-hmm. be in opposition. And I think people do try to avoid it. Um, so I think if we're putting clearly. people in... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, clearly, because we, I mean, people just don't get together. And I wonder, I wonder why that's this, though. I would, you know... Um, but, I, but I, I, at the same time, I can sort of feel it myself sometimes, you know? Um, I mean, not completely, and I think... But first of all, I think it's often just more fun to disagree with people. Right. Like, it's just fun. Like, you know, <laughs> you feel this, uh, you know, back and forth and uh, disagreement, and it motivates, I think, much more than
0: uh, I don't know if I agree with that, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: not everybody likes to debate.
0: No, uh, I mean, it, was,
1: fre- it was a frequentist joke. Frequentist verse- It was oh,
0: a okay. joke, Daniel, oh. <laughs> because... <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I, okay, okay, okay. I obviously
0: like disagree. But the thing is, I think I do think that <laughs> now like I do feel like there's a difference between sort of disagreeing and being disagreeable, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that that can that line can sometimes get blurred, and especially if it's something that people care about, right? And then mm-hmm. then emotions sort of come into play and then people feel like, "Oh, it, you know, if you if you have a strongly held belief and I disagree with that, yeah. that can get a little contentious," and I think yeah. so I think it's important to Creates Create environments where people can disagree and sort of a collegial and, oh, this is an intellectual mm. exercise as opposed to yeah. we're just attacking each other's views sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have
1: the right setup. And I, I, I had a meeting once that I think did this wonderfully. And it was a meeting somewhere in Germany where we had two days uh, and we were gonna debate frequentist versus Bayesian mm, statistics. Mm-hmm, so now mm-hmm. if you know me a little bit, you know that this is something that I greatly enjoy doing. <laughs> I mean, this is just like uh, you know.
0: Who doesn't, who doesn't, it's a classic. Well,
1: classic. I don't know, many, you know, many people maybe. And yeah. and I think also for people on the outside, they look, they look at this topic and they're like, these people never agree. This is just an ongoing 100 year long yeah. discussion that's never gonna end. But so a bunch of us went to this German city we had a two day meeting, there were three presentations per day. Wow. That was it. Mm. And, and that's interesting, right? So six people presented something.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, I think three probably about frequentist statistics and three about Bayesian statistics. And that was all the presentations for a day, like an hour or something. So three hours of presentations and that meant like five hours of discussion. Mm. And that was such a good setup because first everybody wants to say their little thing. You know, their snarky comment about why the (laughs) other side is completely missing the point and will destroy science or whatever. Okay, okay. But, you know, after 10 minutes, you said your snarky thing. And everybody's like, yeah, but we're still here in the room now. So, you know, whereas at the conference, typically that's the end. Because then you go on to the next thing. Okay, so everybody said their thing. Mm -hmm. And then you still have a huge amount of time. And you sort of discuss. And you're like, yeah, but what about this? Or, okay. And honest to God, like after those two days, people just basically left in agreement about... Well, yes, if you think this is the goal, then this is the logical thing to do. And yes, you would miss a little bit over here, which might be desirable. And honestly, like everybody was just like pretty much consensus, consensus position, I think.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh, So
1: even about a topic like this, and so I agree, like the setup is super important, but it really involves having a lot of time to first say the things you want to say, get 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 everything off your chest. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe have lunch and then talk a little bit more about it. And, and that was an extremely interesting experience. And if, and ever since, I still think like, you know, yeah, we will still debate the same old things sometimes just for fun. But I think I know that it's not so uh, so much disagreement. I think, you know, the perspectives you can basically get together at the same time I think you know that meeting was interesting we never wrote something like that up Mm. there is no consensus document of a lot of Bayesians and frequentists Mm -hmm. and and why not so yeah maybe even now I still enjoy the discussion every now and then and I don't enjoy sitting down and writing up exactly where we agree or disagree or what the viewpoints are but I'm sure it could be done and And the fact that it hasn't been done, I think, is just peculiar. But you could really list, like, if this is your assumption and this is your goal, then you think this is the best method. Mm. But if this is your assumption and this, right? So it wouldn't be agreement, unanimous agreement, like, okay, let's pick between these two. No, it would be based on these assumptions and your beliefs about what the goal of science is. Then you would take this method and it would be like something everybody can follow and they can make their own decisions, but they would both be coherent. And that's important because often you might get the idea even that Bayesians think frequentism is not coherent or something, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, no, there, you know, you can defend it. It's okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. But that sounds very nuanced and nobody likes that, right? They like the wars. They like the statistical <laughs> wars. Um, yeah. They want people to fight. And, you know, I mean, some of the most, use, the, the, I mean, some of the stuff that gets the most traction on Twitter is like when people are fighting with mm-hmm. each other, right? Either exactly. through, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, we like it so much, and I, I can tell you that, like, if uh, you know, uh, a hardcore Bayesian and, and myself are invited to debate a topic, people are gonna show up. But if you say, okay, here's a two day meeting where we have, like, you know, where we're gonna reach agreement, everyone's like, oh I don't know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit busy. I'm not. <laughs> no, yeah, we love love the drama too much.
0: We we do, unfortunately, very unfortunately. But then, have you is has there any any time been a case where something like this was being attempted but didn't work out as well? Can you think of any? I don't
1: know. I think we do it so rarely. I mean, I would love to. I mean, we mm. know that there are some cases and, and those make me extremely uh, positive about developments in the field, about consensus. So there's a really cool paper by uh, led by Nicholas Coles, uh, the Many Smiles
0: Project. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. was in
1: response to facial feedback. Uh, hypothesis uh, tests which showed no results and then a couple of people in the field said well we have all sorts of different mechanisms and different explanations we think some manipulations work some manipulations don't and and really the experts in the field got together discussed for forever they they needed more than two days i think mm-hmm. but you know long discussions and eventually sort of came to a test you know like uh, of these different viewpoints and i think the paper is a bit more nuanced like it's not like this worked out this worked out but definitely You know, some things clearly have more support than others. So it was not the one study end of the discussion kind of thing, but definitely like a a big step in the right direction. Yeah, so there they did it. And I don't know how often that whole process of, you know, consensus making, getting everybody around the table. I don't think that's very common. And and we discussed adversarial collaborations right, a while ago. Right. And those are lovely. But that's two teams with a minor disagreement, right? And that's not really the scale at which uh, things need to happen. But it's a little bit similar, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I think as we were talking earlier, like in psychology, it would just be so much more difficult, to, at least for the topic, like which topics we should be studying. Mm-hmm. Even though I think in some sense, it's more important to reach consensus on that. For us, because it's I mean, psychology is just so replete with everybody's just running their, you know, 200 percent, you know, studies and they they don't mean anything. It's not adding to the knowledge base. And it's just such a waste of resources. I think we both sort of agree. Mm -hmm. Whereas in like if you're a mathematician or if you're a physicist, it almost seems like, yeah, it's more clear there what the big problems are that you should be working on. Or if you're a medical researcher, right? Like, yeah, everybody's trying to cure cancer and we all, you know, you're doing whatever <laughs> part you can to like help solve those issues. But they're, it's much clearer what the issues are maybe in some other disciplines um, Yeah, in yeah. science they, than for us, yeah.
1: Yeah, in medicine, they also have patient involvement right. about which things they want to have addressed and stuff. So there's really more of a collective process of coming up with the research questions as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and that's what I was going to ask you next is who should Hmm. be involved in these consensus conferences? Like, let's say we have a consensus conference in psychology, like, yeah, what are the big questions? What should we be working on? Who should we involve in that, right? Like, Hmm. should it just be the researcher? Should it also be sort of funding agencies? Hmm. The government, should like the public be involved um, as well? Mm-hmm. In determining what yeah. are the answers, what are the questions that need answering?
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting question. Um, there In the Netherlands, we had something that was called the National Science Agenda mm. a couple of years ago. Uh, a huge uh, project and, and also a project that had funding attached to it. But the first phase was... Getting all questions basically from anybody who could submit them. So there was just really a, wow. a website, you know, like a elementary school student could go in there and say, I don't know, this is my important question, and uh, please solve it for me. And yeah. you would also have more collectives who would, you know, uh, submit a question saying, I don't know, how are we going to treat dementia in the next twenty years or something? You know, I mean, um, so all sorts of questions, and then they grouped them together and they created programs sort of result revolving around themes that mm. emerged so they basically classified them all into certain themes and the ones that you know had a lot of uh, related questions to them um and then you can yeah you can uh, submit a proposal for some funding and those proposals also need external stakeholders so they're really there the idea is kind of nice i mean in practice i think it's very difficult actually to get all these people around the table to get the stakeholders you know on the question like that so that i think they realize requires much more support it's not automatic that that emerges but the idea was kind of nice i think
0: yeah yeah and that seems Yeah, and again, right, like, with questions like how do we cure Alzheimer's, like, I feel like the stakes are high there, right? That is Mm -hmm. such a clear, like, issue that we sort of need to deal with um, Mm -hmm. within, like, medical science. Like, with psychology, maybe we're focusing too much on psychology, but I'm just like, where is it? Oh, Mm -hmm. my God, what a mess. Like, how are we going to get there? Like, it just feels so (laughs) difficult because it... Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean... I I don't know is it because did we try and this is something that I Mm. wonder about sometimes what would happen if we'd ask people like what are the questions you know you could say look um everybody who's alive now Mm -hmm. you have you have so many working years left yeah there's so many stuff you can do Mm -hmm. we have all sorts of questions let's just say that we want to get some stuff done before we all die I mean, of course, other people will pick it up, but you know, you just think like, what are we collectively gonna do? And then the number of hours is just so limited. The number of questions is so great that you sort of would feel, well, we have to narrow it down. So what are the things we're gonna do? And I wonder if we would say, yeah, what are the things you can get behind? It would also mean that we change our research topics sometimes, right? I mean, we talked about this in the first episode when Bacon wants us to do things for society. It means that you arrive at mm. your work and you sort of say like, okay, give me the biggest problem and I'll help you fix it because that's what we do. So, so you'd have to give it up. But you could ask people, what would you give your current research up for? Which question you think is so important? You're willing to pause your own research for a while until we've got this other thing solved. I would just wonder, what would people say?
0: I yeah, that's a great question. What would people say? I think what people would say is, I didn't get into science to do what you want me to do or what's good for science. <laughs> i did I came in to do what I want to do. That's the you know, I think we have discussed that. That's one of the perks of mm-hmm. science is, right? That we get to follow our own curiosity. and I do and I do think that is one of the sort of uh, a leading motivator for a lot of people is that you get to follow mm-hmm. where your own curiosity leads you. That is one of the big perks of doing science mm-hmm. and you know
1: it's true yeah but at, at the same time like when you know when i applied for a phd position in the netherlands um i mean these are in the Netherlands, they're paid jobs, so you you apply and and somebody else has determined what they got funding for. And and even as a postdoc, I you know I got some more freedom, but I didn't get complete freedom. And I applied for those jobs. Sure, now I have tenure. Now I can do whatever I want. Yeah, <laughs> but but I was fine with it before, and I kind of enjoyed myself.
0: Yeah. While you were training, while you were doing training and then helping. But 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 even then, right, the, the agenda was still determined by whoever was paying your funding, right? They applied for that mm-hmm. grant that then got you paid, but it was out of their yeah, own they volition. They got to do. They got yeah, to do. They
1: got to do what they wanted right, to do. That's true. Right. But, but it means that there are many people in science who do things that somebody else decided. And so that's one thing, but I also, like my, one of my best friends from uh, university that mm-hmm. I still know who he also ended up in science he literally says you know the big ID kind of thing is not my thing but I'm a really good experimentalist
0: mm. so
1: you come up with the question and I'll give you an answer nice that's what he likes so yeah. I think there would be people uh, who would be willing I, to yeah again we don't know we don't know we don't ask we don't even think that this is a possibility so
0: yeah but the one thing that and i'm not sure if i'll be able to tie these um together mm-hmm. as well as eloquently as i would like to but we mm-hmm. at one point in a previous episode we had talked about well what's the difference between an accountant and a scientist right we don't have these mm-hmm. t- top 100 <laughs> you know accountants where we do have you know the sort of top scientists um in, mm-hmm. and i think the mm-hmm. difference there is of course that this is a domain of human achievement in the same way that being a mu- musician is or being a sports star is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you mm-hmm. ask somebody yeah. who's a musician, like, hey, could you not be doing something else better with your time that would be more beneficial for society? Maybe there might be, mm-hmm. or maybe there might not be. Who knows, right? But if you're a musician, like, and you're, let's say you're not famous yet. Mm-hmm. There, it's possible that you could be doing things for the betterment of, uh, like that would help other people in a more concrete way than, mm-hmm. than making this music would, which might not ever, you know, people might not mm-hmm. ever hear it, it might not ever lead to mm-hmm. anything, right? But it's, that's not the motivation, right? You're doing it because it's a domain of just human achievement and you're just trying to reach a, a certain ideal, right? Hmm, yeah,
1: uh, that's part of it. I don't know, maybe we can twist that Go a little bit around, and I don't know. You can become like people can still become experts, I guess. Maybe, uh, maybe they, maybe my friend is an expert experimentalist. Mm. And in a system where we would divide these tasks, he would be an an often sought after experimentalist, and everybody would want them to give them some. Insight. I I don't know. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. Um, yeah. So yeah, all of these things are tricky. I do agree they're difficult, but at the same time, uh, the the possible benefits seem just so large
0: <laughs> no absolutely and this is in line with what we discussed at a different episode about splitting up science in these you know mm-hmm. specializations yeah. of you know we have the theoreticians then we have the statisticians and we have the experimentalists like your friend mm-hmm. and just having we just try to maximize on we just people throw out ideas we get together we pick the best yeah. ones to work on and then we get the best people working on them yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But I mean, you're completely right that the current way of operating is definitely different. So not like this. And right. uh, there, there's this other quote when, when I was reading about stuff that really nicely reflects, let's say, our current way of working. And that's a statement by Max Planck. Uh, and he says, a new scientific truth does not triumph by convincing its opponents and making them see the light, but rather because its opponents eventually die <laughs> and a new generation grows up that is familiar with it. So like we're really uh, in a system where individuals keep, you know, working on their own thing because that's what they like and maybe try to convince people a little bit, but maybe not. And then only after they die, we sort of reach consensus. So um, I'm not even completely sure about this, by the way, you know, I think maybe our field is like people have died and we're still not there. But anyway, um, yeah, so this seems to be more our current way uh, of working. Yeah.
0: And who's to say that's a bad, you know, yeah, maybe if you have a bad idea, you just stick with it and then you die. And then no, if nobody cares, then nobody cares.
1: Yeah, but it definitely goes against what Popper is saying about how important it is to, to uh, reach. Yeah, because otherwise we'll be in a mess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we are in a mess. That's a problem.
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, let's frame it more positively. It it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> it could be better yes, let's agree on that that's, Let, that's, are we are we in agreement about that like it could be better
0: yeah. oh yeah there's always room for improvement yeah always Good. Um, yeah. We're, we're in consensus about that absolutely yeah, okay. yeah. actually
1: um, yeah yeah you had another point uh,
0: I mean there's a part that the quote that I told you earlier he makes this point about how Consensus tends to be established. So he says, in particular, consensus tends to be established firmly and quickly to the extent to which scientists share a common scientific and technical background and to the Mm -hmm. extent to which they're able to select for attention problems which they judge to be solvable within their common framework. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I think ties in with this idea of we need to have some sort of shared background and also technical understanding to be able to even assess. Oh, yeah which are yeah. the which are the problems that are not just that are not just important but solvable given mm-hmm. given mm-hmm. Our, given the technology that we have or given the methods that we have right now um, yeah. and i think that's yeah. that's something that we probably struggle with in psychology is that mm-hmm. you know as we said earlier we there's not even measures common measures for measuring yeah. things right like forget about oh how do we, uh, what is the effect of optimism on xyz it's like what is optimism how do we measure yeah. it we don't even know that right so even at the level yeah. of our methods we just don't seem to have an agreement on h- how to do that how to do measurement properly which is in some ways such a fundamental thing to science mm-hmm. right before you can mm-hmm. before you can discuss relationships between you know variables you first have to you know establish what the variables are and how we're going to measure them yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And as I, as I mentioned this in this example before, like about video games and aggression or social media use and depression, those are areas where the first thing that would happen if we uh, let these people out of the room that we locked <laughs> them in, yeah. they would come and say, okay, we first need to fix our measures. Right. I'm 100% sure that would happen. And now it doesn't you know so uh, that's definitely a good reason but it's very important and i think it's not even like reaching agreement or getting on the same page about measures mm-hmm. that's important but it's also just sort of mutual respect and wanting to reach agreement admitting that okay we're gonna go there's Another nice uh, statement about reaching consensus by Poliani which is uh, from 1950, actually, and um, I'll, I'll read this. Uh, he says, a scientific consensus can properly emerge only by a discussion based on the mutual grounds of the same scientific convictions. So, it's really important that we have the, have the same scientific convictions. I think that means, you know, how do we study this? What is this concept about? Mm-hmm. It might even be a philosophy of science, you know, it might even mm. be that some people don't think that, I don't know, you shouldn't test or you should whatever kind of. Right. But you, so there's some sort of precondition there to be, you have a mutual grounds basically. And that's an important thing as well, which we lack. We, we, we often lack.
0: Which we definitely lack. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah yeah there there's also a very nice book about that also describes this consensus process a little bit um it's by uh larry Laudon, hmm. uh, and it's called science and values hmm. and it's interesting because he discusses that there are some people who say um Clearly, the scientists reach agreement. That's the pinnacle of what we do in science Mm -hmm. and whatever. You know, it might take a while, but eventually we agree. And that's why we have these big discoveries. So that's one sort of history of science. Uh And then there's also a bit more modern history of science where people say scientists don't agree at all. I mean, they never agree. They just, you know, they just do something else after a while, but they never reach agreement. And he's trying to balance both of these things. Like, how can both of these things be true? And I guess it's a little like, yeah, what you said as well. Part of the process is this not reaching agreement about certain things um, and, and also at a certain level, just some diversity in what is it that we're doing? What are the goals here? Or, you know, and those won't be resolved by discussion. Mm. Um, if you think, for example, the goal of science is—I mean—to get at th- the truth, mm-hmm. <laughs> capital truth, or or the pragmatic Paul Mill version where we agree for fifty years—if you think that's your goal—versus people who say there is no there is no truth,
0: yeah, yeah those people How are not you... going to
1: agree with no. each other. You know, there is no mutual grounds,
0: right? Um,
1: yeah, but even then, it would be nice to say, look, these are our differences. We are not going to reach uh, agreement about these two things. And yeah, I don't know, maybe then uh, you go your way, I go my way, but then we don't have to try anymore. But mm-hmm. now it's clear why, you know?
0: Now we know. That's a great. And yeah, the, the distinction you've drawn between agreement and consensus, I think, is really, really important. Because you're absolutely right. There's, you know, when values, when there's competing values at play, it's probably in some ways impossible to reach complete agreement. And there's always be always be trade-offs, right? Mm-hmm. We can also mm-hmm. agree that, you know, you can think that something based on your values is more important. Where somebody else might think based on their values that some other question is more important or some other method is more important. And maybe you don't reach, you know, agreement on like how to proceed, but Mm -hmm. just coming together and yeah, making those explicit is probably still a worthwhile endeavor. Um, Yeah,
1: no, that that makes no sense to me at all. No, I can't.
0: What I said or?
1: (laughs) This is also a joke.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh. Wow, we're just a uh, feeling we're, very good we're at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but oh. but just like um but just like um, consensus conferences, there's this very interesting idea called deliberative polling. Deliberative hmm. um polling, which I'm not sure if you've heard of um No, no. It's this technique I think maybe in some ways a little bit similar to consensus conferences, but it's um meant to be a place where you actually yeah uh, bring in all the stakeholders to a question. Um, mm-hmm. and you have experts come in, like a panel of experts. And so you bring in sort of people from the like a national like a representative sample of the public and any other stakeholders that might be interested in the question. So for example, if you were trying to do one on whether or not we should accept GRE for graduate admissions, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you would you would bring in sort of experts who know about the topic you'd bring in sort of people from you know the public you'd bring in any other stakeholders you know administrators and faculty whoever mm-hmm. um and then you give them material to study beforehand so the experts you know create documents um and then you bring people together and then they just ask questions of the expert the idea is like if we wanted to reach consensus or the idea is not even to reach consensus but it's like if we wanted to make an informed decision about this yeah. you know yeah. to get people to that place of like we can give you the information Right. We don't have to agree on it. But like if we were all trying to make an informed, you know, agreement on this um, issue, then how would we how would we go about doing it? And that's sort of to give them the information that they need. And you actually pull people in the beginning to see where mm-hmm. they stand on the issue. And it's usually questions mm-hmm. of like, you know, yes, no, or a few, just a few options. And then you see at the end whether people have actually changed their mind or if they're making yeah mm-hmm. different choices mm-hmm. based on what they know now, which I think is also sort of an interesting an interesting format of sort of mm. doing doing this in a way that, yeah, you sort of take into account that, yeah, people have different values and they will have, but you yeah. actually at least get them into a place where they can, make more informed judgments about you know what is it that that is important here yeah yeah
1: i mean there are all these methods they sound super interesting and you know we could actually just really do this at a conference yeah you know people enter and especially if it's a focused conference like with people working on the same kind of thing you just when they enter you just ask them a bunch of questions and then resolve it so we could even apply those things so Yeah. yeah it's a very interesting idea to do i think we should definitely experiment more with this, like there's really just so much to gain. I mean, come yeah. on, so much yeah. to
0: gain. but but, I think that the starting from this sort of starting from the same ground of wanting to do it with in good yeah. faith is is so yeah. so important, right that
1: is so super important. Yeah. And I think that's probably the first thing yeah, <laughs> we need to work on a little bit in our field sometimes
0: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> sort of coming in with some intellectual humility and coming in with the goal yeah. of, you know, yeah, we're just trying mm-hmm. to understand and make better choices not 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 prove yourself right and not try to prove the other person wrong right
1: exactly exactly and just get together and really agree and i don't know we really need to do some of these social psychology interventions on ourselves (laughs)
0: before we go to the next (laughs) conference (laughs) oh absolutely yeah so social psychologists are the ones who need it you know some of the insight (laughs) the most yeah they they need those the most yeah yeah Thank you for listening to this episode of Nellius in Verba. Our theme song is Newton's Cradle by Grand Brothers. If you have any thoughts, feedback, or comments you'd like to share, you can reach us over email at nulliusinverbapod at gmail.com or our social media accounts at Mastodon or Twitter. In today's episode, we talked about why scientists fail to reach agreement, how important consensus is for science and what is needed for a science that reaches consensus about the claims, methods, and topics of study. In the next episode, we will ask the question, should we try to shape science through top-down regulation or should scientists be free to choose any research question they want? Are there benefits to coordinating research efforts or would this prove too restrictive for scientific progress? We hope you will join us.